Want to support Not Straight Cast? Visit the notstraightcast.com slash store where you can get a Not Straight Cast t-shirt, hat, bag, coffee mug, and much, much more. Along with getting some snazzy merchandise, your purchase in the notstraightcast.com forward slash store also helps support the show. Once again, that's notstraightcast.com forward slash store. This is Not Straight Cast with Jason Bailey and Joe Crynock. Welcome to Not Straight Cast number 12 for May 20th, 2021. We're the show that gives you the news and views from a not straight perspective. I'm Jason. And I'm Joe. Hey, Jason, how are you doing? Not too bad. I've got a big cup of coffee and it's finally sunny and warm outside, which is fantastic. I know the weather forecast finally decided to not be like 30 and snowing in the middle of May. I'm like, really? I know. Right. I got my shorts. I got my flip flops. I got my coffee and I don't have to wear my mask when I go outside. I know. Yeah. Something uh, snapped this week with the CDC and all of a sudden they decided, hey, we don't have to wear masks. Yeah. It's kind of like a parent when when uh, their kid won't listen to them and they're just finally like, you know what? Fuck it. Do whatever you want. (laughs) You know, I'm kind of wondering there all of a sudden why that happened, because, you know, it kind of threw everybody for a loop. It's like, what? Wait, we don't have to wear masks anymore. Yeah, it's what the hell? it's crazy. Well, some people there's I don't have any evidence of this and I hate just like spreading gossip. But I mean, it is a valid sounding theory. Uh, some people are saying that this is an effort to incentivize more people to get vaccinated because once you're vaccinated, you now have these these new rights, you know. Okay, so we have these cards now and everything, but the problem is they don't fit in your wallet. And I was actually out last weekend with my friend. Yeah. And um, he had his um, vax card on him, but it was in his wallet and was getting beat the hell and back. Yeah, mine too. I'm like, dude, why are you carrying this with you? Where have you ever had to use it? I just take a picture of it and put it on my phone, you know? Yeah. It's there in some case anybody needs to see it, you know, but yeah, that's a good idea. Original one is staying here. You know, (laughs) I can't help it. The federal government didn't come up with a good idea for being able to figure out whether people are vaxxed or not. Yeah. Well, and the problem is that most places aren't even checking. It's like, okay, we're going to do the honor system. So, you know, Hey, but it's up to you to wear a mask if you're not vaccinated. So nobody's really checking, checking the vaccination cards anyway. Well, that, you know, that, that, that'd be the whole entire thing. You kind of run into HIPAA laws. Yeah. At that point, too. Yeah, because that's medical information. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and there could potentially be some discrimination between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. So, for instance, at the club, we I had talked uh, with Cherry about, you know, potentially if they show their their vaccination card, maybe give them a wristband so that we know that it's okay for them to not wear a mask. But then you have the the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated, like discrimination, like get the hell away from me. You're not vaccinated. That kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those cases there where pretty much that's going to be the honor system. So if they don't want to get vaxxed, you know, or they can't get vaxxed, I mean, they're going to have to deal with the consequences, right? If they can't get vaxxed, you know, then they have the, probably they're going to have to wait longer you know, and they shouldn't be out to begin with. Right. So they're really, you know, putting matters in their own hands. Exactly. Yeah. 
you know, it's it's a real tough situation still, you know, and unfortunately, I don't think there's any, you know, completely 100 percent correct answers to what's going on here. I agree with, with you. With all this, you know, but it, it it's it's like hurting cats, you know, it's only going to work up to a certain point. Yeah, absolutely. But it does definitely feel good to be vaccinated. Walking down the street with no mask on, just going to Starbucks without having to put a mask on. Uh, being able to now, I, I still have to be. Uh, I still have to wear Sorry. a mask on the bus. <laughs> I hit that by accident. Okay, I was like, I don't know how that's relevant to what I'm saying, but okay, there's a sound effect. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There you go. That's for me. Yeah. But I uh, walk down the street, get your coffee, go back to Casa de Coffee. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and not, on, not only that, but uh, I've been returning to work a little bit uh, mm-hmm. and taking a bus to go to work and feeling like I'm going to work and, and, and uh, living a somewhat normal life again is starting to feel really good. Well, I've been working the whole entire time since this pandemic began. So yeah, trust me, that will get old very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure it will. Plus, you do still have to wear your mask on the bus. The new uh, the new requirements, uh, you say that you still have to wear a mask on a bus and an airplane and in hospitals and nursing homes and places like that. Uh, but it's not as inconvenient to put a mask on for a 10 minute bus ride and then be able to take it back off whenever I get off the bus. Honestly, my only problem is with the mask is whenever it's two different temperatures, like it's warm inside and cold outside. Oh yeah. With the situation that will happen with me is, is that cause I wear glasses, my glasses fog up. Same here. It's or very if annoying. There's the big difference between the temperatures I have a tendency to not be able to moderate my body heat as well as I would like. And, right. you know, so you sweat and just breathing in humid air kind of exacerbates that whole entire situation to the point where, Oh yeah. It's like I'm drenched in sweat because of the damn mask, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's like, it's a little sacrifices you make though for the better yeah. of society. Absolutely. But, you know. but it's just, it's so nice to be vaccinated. I'm going out, I'm, I'm going to work, I'm doing things. Uh, and it feels good. As a matter of fact, starting to feel a little bit more comfortable with, you know, having people here uh, at the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so get this last night, I, I had a guy over, but I got a little bit of a backstory. Uh-oh. Uh, this guy hit me up on Grindr uh, okay. a couple of months ago, but mm-hmm. a lot of the time that I'm on Grindr, I'm just being nosy. I'm not actually looking for anything. Like I'm kind of like watching yeah. TV and don't feel like doing anything. I, so I didn't respond to him, but in my profile, I, my Twitter is linked. And so he followed me on Twitter and we've been interacting on, on Twitter. I, I commenting on each other's tweets and whatnot. And last night he was, I, he was talking about how he was bored and he's new to Pittsburgh. He doesn't really know anybody. He hasn't been out to the bars. He moved here during the pandemic and hasn't done anything. And so I was like, well, hey, you know, if you want, I've got this little bar in my basement. Come over, have a drink. We'll have a drink and a cigarette. I can tell you about the different bars. I kind of like, you know, be your friend. I can take you out and show you some of the bars sometime in the future. And he was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. 
And that's what I thought it was going to be. My roommates, they were like, what uh, are you taking the basement tonight? I was like, yeah, but you're welcome to come down. It's not like a sex thing. You know, <laughs> I, it's uh, we're just going to have a drink and chat and, you know, mm-hmm. so this guy shows up and he walks in and he's like, this is a real chill space. I like this a lot. I don't need clothes down here. Right. And immediately strips naked and just walks around naked the whole time we were hanging out. There you go. <laughs> Did you strip naked then too? Uh, I took my shirt off and, and had a harness on. Okay. I, I have a, a cute Well, you were prepared then, huh? Well, it's a lot of hookups. Or, 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 or did you put the harness on? I put the harness. took your shirt off. Yeah, I put okay. the harness on after I took the shirt off. Uh, but you were still prepared. You had the harness there. Oh, yeah. The harness kind of lives in the basement because that's oh, okay. like the, the hookup dungeon spot, you know? Oh, okay. Uh, I see. In addition to being a bar. But yeah, I just, I thought that was good. <laughs> so now I'm like, well, I don't know if he would be comfortable with my roommates just popping in. And I, if my roommates just pop in and see this naked dude walking around, what are they going to think? I, after I told them this wasn't a sex thing, you know, mm-hmm. but so anyway, that was, that was my story for last night. You should just text them and be like, <laughs> I got, I I'm like, Hey, come down here. Just tell me what you think about this. Yeah. I don't can, say anything. But, uh, but yeah, I got a kick out of it and he's super cool guy. We did end up having drinks and just talking. I, mm-hmm. uh, and I was telling him about the different bars and, you know, stuff like that. And I feel like he's probably going to turn into a friend. Uh, yeah. it's just, it's just that situation was funny to me. Is that a kind of way of saying that we're probably not going to have sex or what me and him? Yeah. I, I don't know. We might. Okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot there, but <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's, it's not off the table, but I I'm happy, you know, with the situation. It was just funny that he was naked because you know, it's always my job to make you feel uncomfortable. Right? <laughs> So anyway, frustrated. Yeah. we've got some surprises for Pride Month. Do you want to go into that or do you want to wait and talk about it later? Well, if we went into them now, there wouldn't be a surprise there, would it? Well, we can't give any <laughs> hints or anything. Plus, we haven't fully discussed exactly what we're doing yet either, but I just wanted to tease it. <laughs> okay, well, well, tease away. Tease. There you go. <laughs> All right. Now we have some cool stuff coming up for Pride Month here, so some giveaways and stuff like that. So we need to work out some of the details of them, but that's not until next month. So we have about half a month here to go. But I just want to let you know, definitely we'll want to stay tuned and listen in and everything, because we'll be announcing it here first. Unless you're a Patreon, and then we'll be announcing it on Patreon first and then here. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but um, also, too, a lot of people now, right now, are graduating school. I still have about three more months to go here. Okay. So I'm in a mad dash right now to finish up a class. Oh, yeah. And then I have two more classes left, and I'm done. So I'll be going part-time my last semester here. So Nice. Which class are you finishing up right now? Uh, Principles of Finance. So I don't know how that ended up being my last class, but. <laughs> it sounds like the name of the class should have been my like one of my first classes. Yeah. But it's actually a higher level class. So Oh wow. Yeah. So I do not recommend going back to college when you're in your forties. FYI. <laughs> Get it done when you're in your twenties and do it then and then have enough time to, you know, be able to enjoy it there because now I'm just like yeah. kicking myself. But better late than never. Indeed. Heck, my mom went back to school in her late 40s, early 50s, 
got her bachelor's degree, got her master's degree. Nice. And then went on to teach. So that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, there's definitely uh, plenty of time here for me. But, uh, you know, it's always one of those things as you get older, you know, you feel like uh, time's a ticking and it seems like it just starts ticking faster and faster and faster. I definitely feel that. Yeah. (laughs) I was talking (laughs) to my one friend at the bar the other day there. I was actually working an event there and uh, I was I was down on my knees trying to fix something electronic related. Okay, I had to preference that I was down on my knees. I knew what it was going to be like, what was he down on his knees doing? Yeah, fixing something, okay? Mm-hmm. Anyways, you know, so I get up, and I have to put my hand on something and then get up, you know, because as you get older, your knees just start, you know, hurting. Or you're just trying to get up from doing something, and it's just like, ugh, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I was talking to my friend about this, and he's like, oh, my God, I literally have to crawl up the stairs nowadays and crawl down the stairs, and it's like, I feel you, you know? Because it's like literally you get into, you know, your late 30s, early 40s, everything starts to break in new and interesting ways. Oh yeah. No matter how, you know, skinny or fat you are, you know, just, uh, (laughs) I spent my entire life behaving however I wanted Mm -hmm. doing whatever I wanted without thinking about the consequences to my body. And now since during the quarantine, I threw my back out that one time. Now, everything I do, I'm like, Oh, is this going to hurt my back? I don't, I don't ever want to throw my back out again. Is this going to hurt my back? Well, let me ask you a question. How did you throw out your back? I uh, stepped on a cat toy and then jerked my leg up in the air really fast because I thought it was one of the cats. I pulled my back at one time, giving somebody a hug and then lifting them up. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you trust me. It's, it's usually the dumb reasons yeah. that cause that to happen. So, Yeah, I remember. So that night we were testing we hadn't done our first episode yet. We were still like oh, yeah. testing about this. And I was like, man, my, I think I did something to my back. I, uh, and just kind of like laughed it off. And then that night I woke up in the middle of the night, unable to move. <laughs> yeah. And I think you had to put off recording an episode or something. I forget, but I mean, this, yeah, I mean, it was like, you were in bad shape. I was, I couldn't for like multiple days after I couldn't do stairs I I had to miss, which kind of sucks for your place. Yeah. I had to miss a meeting at the club because although it was like three or four days later, and although I was doing better, I wasn't sure that I could get down into the seat of a car. (laughs) Why don't you just attend virtually? Oh, they love their in-person meetings. I try to get trying to kill you all. Right. I try to get phone, phone conversations and zoom meetings and they just, they love their in-person meetings. But uh, yeah, I had um, uh, old school, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I had CVS. Uh, I got on DoorDash and ordered uh, Icy Hot and potassium <laughs> pills from CVS. But then I couldn't go down the stairs to pick them up <laughs> off the porch when they were delivered. Oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> man. If you for anybody listening, if you've never thrown your back out, it is like the worst thing ever. Yeah, it's like I looked the wrong way and all of a sudden, bam, my back is thrown out for the for like, yeah, like multiple weeks at a time, too. It's not, you know, for the first day I was like when when I would walk, I was just like shuffling sideways like a crab walk. And uh, let me tell you, <laughs> you know, so so th- this is, you know, it's a little disgusting, but it is the truth. The worst part about throwing your back out 
is then trying to use the toilet. Trying to get up and down from the toilet. Yeah, up yeah. and up and down from the toilet and the movements required to like, you know, wipe your fucking ass. And <laughs> but uh, it's just it it's starting already, aren't we? Huh? Oh my god. It's just it's continuation of the last episode, right? Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. Like this getting old stuff uh isn't isn't great. Well, okay, so I think we're done talking about our ailments. Hey, let's so, let's get into the news. Time, time to talk about other people's ailments. So in the news, Ellen DeGeneres made her big announcement this week. Like, we didn't see this one coming, huh? Yeah, I know, right? She's she's ending her legendary talk show at the end of the 19th season. So that will be early 2022, I believe, right? Yeah. yeah or mid-2022, actually. Because she's saying the show's not a challenge anymore. The Ellen DeGeneres show debuted in September 2003 and has aired more than 3,000 episodes featuring everyone from politicians and celebrities to LGBT plus activists. But DeGeneres informed her staff on May 11th that the show will be ending. So, you know, there's one thing that's kind of weird here. You think that if she was planning on doing this, but then didn't inform them until now. Yeah. That there has to be something going on here. Yeah. So she said those shows no longer a challenge, which she said is detrimental to her creativity. Now the decision to end the Ellen DeGeneres show after its 19th season was confirmed by Warner brothers unscripted TV president, Mike Darnell. He said the series was an absolute phenomenon, which established itself over nearly two decades on air as the premier destination for both superstars and incredible heartfelt human interest stories. DeGeneres told The Hollywood Reporter that she initially wanted to stop the show after season 16, but she eventually decided to sign on for three more years after negotiations with Warner Brothers. But she said that she knew her 19th season would be my last, and she never wavered from that decision. DeGeneres added that she doesn't know what the future will hold for her, but she has some ideas. She described herself as being like a Ferrari in neutral because she is constantly needing to go. She also opened up the series of allegations that she has been notoriously mean behind cameras and that her show staff accused senior producers of bullying, sexual misconduct, and racism on set. The generous said the scandal was very hurtful to me, but it wasn't the reasoning behind ending the show. The generous admitted that the scandal destroyed her because she wanted to spread kindness and compassion. She said, I'm not a scary person. I'm really easy to talk to. So we've all learned from things we didn't realize or I didn't realize were happening. I just want people to trust and know that I am who I appear to be. Well, there are some things to be said about that. Yeah, I want your thoughts on this here first, and I'll come back with mine here. Well, so when the pandemic first started and uh, production of the Ellen DeGeneres show went from the Warner Brothers studio into Ellen's personal home, she hired... Uh, completely independent contracting company to come in and work this job every day. And also non-union as well, I yeah. believe. And it wasn't any of her existing staff. Hmm. That's the first. Hmm. Yeah. And that, so the allegations are just allegations. I don't know Ellen DeGeneres. I've never met her. I don't know what's going on at Warner Brothers Studios. But that staff thing is a fact. 
So that, uh, that's something that kind of tips the scales against Ellen, in my opinion. I think that once the facade was pulled back and, you know, the underpinnings were shown. Yeah. She kind of lost her charm. I mean, do you feel differently about her now than you did before? I do feel differently about her, but I also haven't watched her show in years. So I don't know if like she's behaving any differently or anything like that. Well, it's also too now. I mean, I feel differently about her. Okay. And I think enough people have started feeling differently about her that her ratings have tanked. She's not getting the ratings that she used to. I mean, there's still decent ratings on her scheme of things. But this show is kind of headed downhill. And I think probably the safe face she's ending it now rather than later. Because I think the longer that she remains on the air, the bigger of a liability that she'll become. I agree. Because things now that we're seeing as maybe funny are starting to look a little more mean spirited. Like her, her whole entire game show is her like dropping people through platforms, you know? Yeah. And the constantly scaring people and whatnot. Yeah. It's just starting to take on a whole new persona, which I don't think they ever intended, but it's just starting to look a little bad. Yeah. You know? And then, and, and then like the other thing that kind of always creeped me out a little bit, I always felt like she was bribing her audience, you know, like here's, you know, it's like, it was like just as it was like Oprah's giveaway, but every single day, you know. Yeah, you're all going home with a TV, in a car. <laughs> that's not always I a wish. that's not always a good thing. Uh, no, those TVs and cars, the audience has to pay taxes on those, even if they don't want the item. Right. Yeah, we've heard enough stories from the prices. Right. Well, I had to yeah. sell the dress to afford the car. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. So, who would you want to see? take that spot who would you want to see replace ellen degeneres i can tell you who i don't drew barrymore i mean sherry has her show but yeah if there's one show that's creepier than ellen it's drew drew's just plain weird (laughs) i mean i haven't watched it uh i mean i'd like her as a person get me wrong but her show's just kind of just she just rubs me the wrong way you know kind of like uh wendy williams you know i've never watched that show either I barely watch that show and trust me, don't waste your time. But yeah, well, so first I'll probably get hate mail about that, but whatever. You know. In my mind, I would think that they would want to put another LGBTQ person in that spot. I, I don't know why, but I, I believe that that is part of the reason her show was so successful. What's weird is, is that I never considered Ellen to be like a eloquent speaker in any way she's always seemed awkward whenever she talked yeah so the fact that she had a talk show and then it was successful really surprised me well she first she first got the audience of the of the queer community uh because she was the first big celebrity to to come out in such a big way and then she won over the uh the stay-at-home moms and you know stuff like that so she but but it started with the queer community. I think she got that talk show because she came out and because she was getting a lot of attention for coming out. Well, I mean, the time frame in which the Ellen show happened, you know, yeah, in this show, that's been a long gap of time. Yeah. She had to climb her way back up in a sense. But I think then at that point, when she became number one, it started going to her head a little bit, you know? Because I mean, yeah, that's absolutely possible. 
It's like when you just look at her, and I'm not trying to put anything on her appearance. But to me, she, it's like almost like maybe it's just some screenshots I've seen of her, but it just seems like she seems stressed and not happy, you know? Yeah. So I'm not trying to say there, you know, what her mental state is and whatnot, but I don't know. It's just I, I, I think, you know, she's had a good run, you know, good for her. She's rich. Yeah. You know, she'll be fine. She's not going <laughs> to starve. Yeah. You know, you know, she can live at Courtney Cox's house as far as I'm concerned, as long as she wants whatever you know yeah but um anyways um yeah i mean ellen yeah i don't think there's much else to say about ellen but <laughs> really yeah speaking of uh speaking of famous people doing things uh, christina aguilera screamed trans rights with a new pride collection in support of two pioneering transgender charities the pop star launched the collection on saturday may 15th two weeks ahead of pride month and announced the news to her 7.3 million Instagram followers. She said she was so excited to share the Pride 2021 collection, which includes rainbow sweatshirts, tank tops, masks, and underwear featuring her moniker, Xtina. I'm so proud to support trans tech social enterprises and Translash Media, the two organizations doing such important work for the community, she added. Trans tech social enterprises founded by post-star Angelica Ross is an advocacy group that helps employ trans people in tech by teaching them new skills, building their professional networks, and connecting them with employers. Meanwhile, Translash Media is a nonprofit organization and podcast telling inspiring stories about people who are trans, two-spirit, non-binary, or gender non-conforming. Christina Aguilera's post has already been liked nearly 50,000 times, shining a huge spotlight on those vital trans resources. And the star's website states that a portion of all sales will go towards the groups. Well, good for her. Yeah. You know, we have talked a couple, we've, we've talked about a couple of different stories on this show where I felt like, you know, I feel like this is a little bit of a cash grab, you know, if they were doing this any other time except for Pride Month, I would be okay with it. But I think they're just trying to make money. This is not the case with with this. I uh, Christina Aguilera is using this platform to bring huge amounts of attention and views to these two really great organizations. I uh, and she's taking. Uh, it's benefiting her pretty much not at all. <laughs> you know. Well, it says a portion of all sales, so everybody's going to benefit there. Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Every everybody's going to benefit, but I mean, but it's good to see, you know, yeah, that we have straight allies there supporting, absolutely, women, especially the transgender community. Yeah, and trans tech and trans slash are getting uh, a huge increase in uh, uh, attention, which which is fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, I see nothing wrong with that here. Yeah. You know? Not having to jump through hoops just buy our merchandise or pride merchandise. You know? so, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that's what you had to do. It's not like you had to send, you know, 10 coupon tops or, you know, 10 tags from the back of your shirts yeah. to an address there to get $5 off or something, you know? I, mm. yeah, absolutely. So the, I, Kellogg's. I feel like that's, I feel like that's a pretty good story. I uh, pretty, mm-hmm. pretty happy, pretty positive. Do you have anything to talk about that would really just kill the mood? Um, Marco Rubio. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was talking about the first sentence of your next story. 
Well, I mean, it doesn't really kill the mood per se. It's just it did happen a while back. It's just, yeah. I mean, let's hope this actually happens this time. Yeah. So the House passed the bill to designate Pulse Nightclub a national memorial. Yeah. For those of you who don't remember, on June 12th, 2016, it's hard to believe this is so long ago now. Yeah. Omar Mateen entered the nightclub in Orlando, Florida, and opened fire. He killed 49 people and wounded 53 others in the LGBTQ club before he was killed in a shootout with SWAT team members during a three-hour standoff as victims hid inside the club. Mateen pledged allegiance to the Islamic State group during the standoff. It was the deadliest mass shooting in America at the time. Last week, the House of Representatives passed a resolution to make Pulse Nightclub in Orlando, Florida, a national memorial. There were no objections. It now goes to the Senate. The House also passed this resolution last year, but guess what? It died in the Senate after Senator Marco Rubio refused to support it. Womp womp. So House Resolution 49 was introduced by Democratic Representatives Val Dennings, Stephanie Murphy, and Darren Soto. Senator Rick Scott, who's a Republican from Florida, will introduce it in the Senate. If you remember, Scott was Florida's governor at the time of the shooting. Right. When the bill was originally introduced in 2019, he said this will give the hallowed ground the federal recognition it deserves, especially for those who lost everything. Indeed. Which, um, I mean, it's a little bit of a turnabout for Rick Scott there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't. I'm glad to see he's doing something he's on the right side here. What would be the benefit to this being a national memorial? What happens uh, when something is turned into a national memorial? Well, I'm, I'm assuming that, I mean, there's going to be funding, obviously. You know, yeah. It's obviously, the two pay respect to the victims at the time it was the deadliest mass shooting there. You know, especially the LGBT community, there was a huge loss. Remember, after that happened there, you know, yeah. literally every place was holding events there, you know, about this. And Yeah, absolutely. I went out and saw Pulse Nightclub. Uh, two years ago. Okay. And, uh, it was, oh my God, it was just, uh, it was, it was extremely sad. Yeah. How did you feel? I was just going to ask you that. Uh, every single person was just balling. Oh, it was crazy. I uh, I had to leave. There's a uh, Dunkin' Donuts right across the street. I had to leave and just go get a coffee and be away from it. I would certainly imagine just, you know, it brings back a lot of feelings there of, you know, for as far as we've come, you know, there's a long road ahead as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so. But anyways, uh, hopefully we're going to make it a little bit happier during the second half of the show here. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to take a break. And so coming up next, we discuss no more police at New York City Pride, a heartwarming adoption, a house full of rainbows, and a very animated moment of conclusion as Not Straight Cast continues after this. Want to support Not Straight Cast? Visit the notstraightcast.com slash store where you can get a Not Straight Cast t-shirt, hat, bag, coffee mug, and much, much more. Along with getting some snazzy merchandise, your purchase in the notstraightcast.com forward slash store also helps support the show. Once again, that's notstraightcast.com forward slash store. Welcome back to Not Straight Cast. So, Jason, how was your uh, poo? 
Well, it was more of a uh, refill my coffee and <laughs> and talk to my roommate a little bit without any pooing involved, but it was good. That's good. I didn't want you to th- throw out your back or anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, I'm I'm still thinking about that conversation we had. You know, it's like, <laughs> what different ailments can we come up with today? Oh my god. It's well, you know, as this show goes on, we're only going to continue to get older, so those are going to increase. Yeah, one thing that I'm doing here for the second half of the show here is I'm actually standing up. I'm going to try doing the show standing up here for the next oh, half really? hour. So huh. my legs will hurt the next day. But anyways, it will definitely be worth it for the show. Yeah, so. <laughs> we should both we should both get standing desks. Well, I can move my microphone arm up so I can actually stand up and do this here. So Nice. So trying to hit any buttons, though be a little more interesting but i'll make it happen it. <laughs> well i so. for one am going to remain seated and you have our next story so yeah absolutely there, so sir. let's let's get into that so organizers of new york city's pride events said saturday that they're banning police and other law enforcement from marching in their huge annual parade until at least 2025 and will also seek to keep on-duty officers a block away from the celebration of the lgbtq people and history uh in their statement new york city pride urged members of law enforcement to acknowledge their harm and to correct course moving forward. The sense of safety that law enforcement is meant to provide can instead be threatening and at times dangerous to those in our community who are most often targeted with excessive force and or without reason, the group said. It will also increase the event's security budget to boost the presence of community-based security and first responders while reducing the police department's presence. Police will provide first response and security only when absolutely necessary as mandated by city officials, the group said, adding it hoped to keep police officers at least one city block away from the event perimeter areas where possible. Word of the ban came out Friday when the Gay Officers Action League said in a release it was disheartened by the decision. The group called the ban abrupt about face and said the decision to placate some of the activists in our community is shameful. The parade is scheduled for June after the coronavirus prevented many pride events worldwide last year, including in New York, which instead hosted virtual performances in front of masked participants and honored frontline workers in the pandemic. The disruptions frustrated activists who had hoped to collectively mark the 50th anniversary of the first gay pride parades and marches in Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, and San Francisco in 1970. Those marches came a year after the 1969 uprising outside Manhattan's Stonewall Inn, a gay bar, in response to a police raid. The uprising is largely credited with fueling the modern LGBTQ rights movement. Pride season occurs this year amid activism inspired by the response to racial injustice and police brutality in the wake of George Floyd's death last year at the hands of police in Minneapolis. Pride New York City's announcement Saturday follows a division amongst organizers in recent years in planning for celebrations of LGBTQ pride in New York City. In 2019, there were two marches in Manhattan after some in the community concluded that the annual parade 
had become too commercialized. Gee, where we've heard that before. Oh, we can definitely relate to that. (laughs) Much smaller city of Pittsburgh had that same problem as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We've got the Walmarts and the fracking companies and, you know, all that kind of stuff here in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, I, I agree. Meant not just our pride, but apparently other prides uh, throughout the, the country are uh, facing increasing commercialization. Detective Sophia Mason, a spokesperson for the New York Police Department, said on Saturday the department's annual work to ensure a safe, enjoyable pride season has been increasingly embraced by its participants. She added the idea of officers being excluded is disheartening and runs counter to our shared values of inclusion and tolerance. That said, we'll still be there to ensure traffic safety and good order during this huge, complex event. So basically, uh, they they want the police to stay at least a block away. They'll still be helping with the traffic safety and uh, all of that sort of stuff. But as I was saying at the beginning of this article, I can understand, now that I've read the entire article, I can understand how... Some people are uncomfortable around the police and that their presence is is threatening and whatnot. And I don't blame them for feeling that way that they do there, you know, because they're the ones who started this whole entire situation to begin with. You know, so the fact that the police are now getting their comeuppance, you know, right. And they're being held accountable. You know, I agree. I, I hope they succeed and they have a peaceful event. But I do appreciate the fact that the police are at least acknowledging that, yeah, we did wrong finally admitting to it there and they'll they'll be like, we'll still be there because our priority is to keep people safe. Right. You know, so I think they understand, you know, and and I think as time goes on and things become reformed, I think we'll eventually have a situation where they'll eventually be welcomed back, but things have to change. And so I don't blame the way they feel, you know, I agree with you, but you also kind of worry about people's safety too, you know? Yeah. So you have that, you know, situation where you got to balance both sides of it there. And I think they're doing actually a decent job here. Well, here's what makes me nervous. When you publicly state that you're not going to have the police there, how many bigots and domestic terrorists and homophobes are going to see that and be like, ah, I've been waiting for an opportunity to shoot up a bunch of the gays. Yeah. You know what? That's a good point that you bring up here. Why did they have to publicize this here other than just the gain points right. among their constituents? You know, Right. Uh, well, the reason that you would publicize it is so that those people that may not feel comfortable around the police and see them as a threatening force can now know that they're coming to a safe and comfortable space for them. But what that also does is makes it a safe and comfortable space for the people that want to kill us. Okay, time for a nice story here. Yeah, let's let's do something real nice here. It starts off bad, but it gets good. Don't worry about it. Good. So a gay man who was kicked out of his home at age 14 and adopted by two dads testified in Congress on May 13th about how important it is to stop religious foster and adopt an adoption agencies from banning same-sex couples who want to be parents. Weston Charles Gallo said, my father was the deacon of the church and my mom was a member of the choir. I was taught that being gay doesn't fit in with worshiping God. I knew that I was gay at a really young age, but because my family deemed it an abomination. Charles Gallo testified before the House Ways and Means Subcommittee on Worker or Family Support to support that every child deserves a family act, 
which would ban federally funded adoption and foster agencies from discriminating against parents on the basis of religion, sexual orientation, gender identity, sex, or marital status, and ban anti-LGBTQ discrimination against foster youth. The issue has become a major conflict for LGBTQ equality. Some states have passed laws that allow child welfare agencies to reject potential parents that don't follow the agency's religious beliefs. Republicans in Congress have tried to pass one such religious exemption law, and the Trump administration supported efforts to allow Christian organizations to refuse to work with LGBTQ families. The Supreme Court will decide later this year on a lawsuit filed by a Christian adoption agency who wants to reject LGBTQ parents in Philadelphia. The organization argues that the religious freedom means the city cannot end its contract with them, even though they don't want to follow the city's rules on placement. Charles Gallo brought another perspective to the debate, which usually is framed as a conflict between LGBTQ and religious minority parents in religious institutions. Charles Gallo is gay himself, and he said that as a foster child, he had trouble finding a family to live with because of the homophobia. He said that when he entered foster care, he was open about his sexuality, and that latter became a concern in finding a placement. A social worker told him that several potential families didn't want him placed with them because they thought he would turn the other children gay or be a predator. Anti-gay attitudes weren't just thwarting his placement with a family. They were the reason he was in foster care in the first place. He said that his father was abusive and that he got kicked out when he came out at age 14. Said that he felt worthless and started having suicidal thoughts as he stayed in an emergency shelter and no one wanted to adopt him. When he was 15, he received amazing news that um, his impermanence in foster care was a thing of the past. He was placed with his two dads and six siblings. His dad showed him what it was like to witness a true marriage and live a normal life, expressing the meaning of family. Charles Galley goes on to say that before I lived with them, I never pictured myself marrying someone or even having a family, but they proved to me that anything is possible. And without them, my life constantly supporting and encouraging me, I don't know where I would be or even if I would be alive today. I finally found a home where I can live my authentic self. Yay, that's a good story. Isn't it? I read that. I was like almost teary eyed, (laughs) you know, looking at this here. I'm like, thank goodness. You know, something finally worked out right for somebody here. Yeah, absolutely. For once there, you know, it's a nice feel good story. We certainly don't have enough of those lately. Oh, I know. Right. You know, if it's any government trying to pass these uh, anti trans bans, you know, and it's just, it just, it's frustrates the hell out of me. You know, it's like, why can't we have more good news? And so when we're researching uh, stories for this show, it's difficult to find stories that are, uh, that are positive. This one, uh, I've got a story here. That's, that's, uh, that's pretty positive though. Thank goodness. Yeah. Because I mean, it's like trying to end the show on a high note. So. Yeah. So let's because we've ended these shows on a low note before. And it's just like it's like a play the crying music, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. So a hairstylist who specializes in rainbow colors wanted to add the colorful hues to another canvas at the disapproval of some of his neighbors, the canvas being his home. Mikey O'Halloran purchased a beach home in Australia's Phillips Island after saving up enough money, the Washington Post reported. When it was time to add the finishing touches to the beige home, rainbow colors were the ideas that stuck. 
Shocker, huh? I he know, likes right? rainbow colors. <laughs> <laughs> the cheeky idea got some pushback from neighbors. In a March 16th Facebook post, O'Halloran, who is gay, said he heard someone banging at his door. Five men approached him about his plan to paint his house rainbow. O'Halloran posted that he heard the men shout homophobic slurs and heard one man say he would kill O'Halloran if he continued with the idea. A police report was filed and a 23-year-old man was later charged with unlawful assault and making threats to kill, according to the Star Observer. With no plans to stop his painting project, O'Halloran's now viral social media post garnered volunteers to help him. In the post, he said, I'm a good person in society and I bring joy with rainbows and no opinionated homophobic that's opposed to the decision of how I want to live my life is going to take that away from me. This house will be rainbow and it will be rainbow with pride. With an army of 100 volunteers, O'Halloran's home siding, deck, and fence were painted on April 18th. The group included police officers, home renovators, and children, according to the Washington Post. It took seven hours to paint the stripes of orange, pink, purple, blue, green, and yellow. Australia's largest paint supplier donated the project. The positive response filled my heart with love and made me feel supported and not alone, O'Halloran told the Washington Post. People were dropping by to shake my hand, say hello, and welcome me to the neighborhood. Hundreds also raised around $7,750 through a fundraiser O'Halloran organized to benefit the Phillip Island Community and Learning Center, which is a nonprofit group providing recreational, educational, and welfare services to reflect the needs of all age groups. With colorful hair to match, O'Halloran told the Washington Post he couldn't contain his delight when the last bright coat of paint had dried. My message now is don't let anyone else dull your sparkle and always stay true to yourself. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Aww. That's nice. <laughs> Isn't it? I like it. I, I couldn't find, uh, I didn't see any pictures of the house though. So I'm excited to go and find the pictures of the house. Didn't they do the same thing outside of uh, Fred Phelps, uh, Westboro Baptist church compound? Oh yeah. I think the, they did. I think it was like the neighbor, mm-hmm. uh, across the street. Yeah. Yeah. So they would have to look at it all the time. Yeah. I thought that was cute. You know, I was just thinking about that. What happened to them ever since Fred Phelps died? I haven't heard much about them. As a matter of fact, this yeah. is the first time that they've been brought up in my mind for a long time. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, well, God certainly doesn't hate rainbow houses. We will say that much. I know. Right. <laughs> so anyways, um, Jason, guess what time it is. I don't know. My watch broke. Oh no. Well, it's time for this. The non-straight cast moment of conclusion. Yes, sirree. It's that time again. Yeah. All right. So Arthur fans asked to wish Mr. Ratburn and his husband a happy anniversary. And things got weird. Joe, did you even know that there was a gay couple on the TV show, Arthur? Yes, I did. Yeah, I remember whenever this occurred, actually. 
I did not. Uh, but fans of the beloved children's TV show, Arthur, were asked to wish Mr. Ratburn and his husband a happy second wedding anniversary. And the responses are wild. Arthur, which is a Canadian-American animated TV series for children, premiered in 1996 and has run for 24 seasons, which I also didn't know that it was still on. Yeah, and they also surprised fans in 2019 after revealing the character Mr. Ratburn is gay as he got married to another male character named Patrick. The episode stunned and delighted viewers who were happy to see more inclusive content on a children's educational TV program. In a post on May 13th, the official Arthur page celebrated the historic event. The account said that fans were invited to one of the best weddings Elwood City has ever seen two years ago. It added, let's wish Mr. Ratburn and Patrick a happy two-year anniversary. So fans shared their enthusiasm and wished the cartoon characters a happy second wedding anniversary, but other responses were a bit more creative. One person questioned how the couple could be celebrating two years when Arthur is still in fourth grade. (laughs) (laughs) Another person commented that they would wish Mr. Ratburn a happy anniversary, but they heard he gives too much homework. The comment refers to the fact that Mr. Ratburn is the teacher of Arthur, an eight-year-old anthropomorphic aardvark. I figured I'd give you that word there, you know, to see if you would get that, and you did. (laughs) Someone else wrote that Mr. Ratburn and Patrick's marriage seems to be better than mine ever was. (laughs) One fan said that congrats is actually short for consummated gay rat wedding. Oh, my God. A different person simply commented, when rats are happier than you. (laughs) (laughs) Other fans enjoyed the fact that a children's TV show normalized LGBT plus relationships. One person said that more gay storylines need to happen in children's books and TV shows to show it as normal. They added that they appreciated how Arthur revealed that Mr. Ratburn was gay. No mention of the word gay once, no gay bashing. They were just love and support. That's the way it should be. Yay. Right. (laughs) That's awesome. That's a good story. Yeah. I thought it was cute. So I think this is the end here, Jason, huh? I would say so. Yeah. We've been going for a little while today. And I must say, Hey, what a wonderful kind of day. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, subscribe to us for all great podcasts are sold and check us out on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and our discord server. You can also join us on Patreon to get early access to all our shows, bonus shows, and more. And for the next two weeks here, you can get some merchandise in the Not Straight Dot store and save 15% with the code Jason. Like I said, that runs until the end of this month here, May 31st. And you can visit our website at notstraightcast.com, which contains all of our available episodes, as well as links to everything that was just mentioned. Thanks for listening and supporting Not Straight Cast, and we'll come to you not straight next week. Until then, have a not straight one. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>